0: Welcome in, everybody. Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, hopefully uh, the majority of our community caught the impromptu Huddle Up! Podcast gut reaction uh, this morning after we learned that Vic Fangio had indeed been dismissed. If you missed it, let not your hearts be troubled because here we are again. This is how we do how you feeling now, Zach? We got a lot to get to. George Payton's press conference, some other things he told KOA. Uh, the list that an insider put out—a short list of who it sounds like the Broncos could be targeting. Uh, but your thoughts now? I don't know. About twelve hours removed from Vic Fangio's dismissal.
1: I, I you know, it's nighttime. But I still feel like the birds are chirping. I can still feel the sunshine hitting my face because I'm that happy about this move. I'm just really relieved that George Payton didn't drag it out. And how quickly it came through says to me that it was pre-planned. That he had a plan. He wanted to move on from Vic Fangio probably after the Cincinnati loss when they were eliminated I'm feeling good about the direction of the Broncos. I just put a tweet out there kind of showing how attractive the opening really is when you have nearly $50 million of uh, projected salary cap space, 11 total draft picks, and by the way, they're, they're picking number 9 overall. That's official now, 9 overall in the 2022 draft. You have that, 11 draft picks, widely respected general manager, and an incoming uh, upgraded quarterback with a playoff caliber roster. This is a really attractive opening, and whoever gets it is going to be fortunate to land in this situation and anyone who gets it will be an upgrade on vic fangio and by extension pat Shermer. i'm feeling great Chad. i can't wait to see what george payton does he says he'll have some interviews uh requests going out tomorrow monday so i'm ready for it
0: listen up broncos country tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos
1: football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K. P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, Tick Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet-and-greet for Week 3 at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Tom El Greco up there north of the 49th parallel proves Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, he says. And thank you, Tom. Time to start believing. Fresh restart. Fresh start. We're like the Febreze brothers name the movie name the movie we're this is so fresh we're like the we're like the Febreze brothers don't ever say that again three two one no other guys let's go man let's go maybe I quote the other guys too much you guys you yeah, guys don't like I was that never movie. a
1: fan of that movie yeah
0: um George Payton today for the first time it's kind of like when John Elway stood up there uh three years ago and had to talk about the dismissal of Vance Joseph. You could feel him be, he was a little shook. He was a little kind of just off balance because it's an emotional moment, right? It's an emotional day. Those uh, hormones, those thoughts, they're still kind of close to the surface. And even though Peyton, I felt like today, Zach, was pretty stoic to open up his press conference, some of the questions, and we'll get into it, some of the line of questioning to Peyton about halfway through, started to see a little, a few cracks in the facade. And one thing, Zach, that jumped out to me, I'll pull the direct quote, by implication, and this was one of those things where when I read the quote to you verbatim, it might not come off as obviously as it did if you actually listened to what George said. But it was clear he felt like he needs a head coach that's the head coach of the team, not just the head coach of the defense. I'll pull up the quote, but what were some of your takeaways from
1: uh, GP today? He wants a leader. I can't tell you how many times he mentioned that word or some variation of that word. He wants leadership. He said he wants someone to focus on all sides of the ball. I mean, everything was a subtle implication that he wants the opposite of what Vic Fangio brought to the table, which was not a head coach. He was not head coaching material in Denver. So he wants someone that's going to come in. And he doesn't have a preference, at least publicly, he says this, toward a play caller on one side or the other, either offensive or defensive. He just wants a true leader of men. I came out of that press conference thinking to me that Dan Quinn is indeed uh, George Payton's pick to succeed Vic Fangio. I think he he checks all the boxes for George Payton. He's not a first-time guy, widely respected. He can come in and keep this defense uh, pretty much on its current level, if not even better, getting some more production out of them and hopefully – Uh, swing for the fences in terms of an offensive coordinator. That was my gut reaction, though. Could change. I could be wrong. I just think that that's who he's eyeing tentatively right now is uh, Dan Quinn.
0: Dwayne, what's going on, Big Dog? Thank you for that very generous super chat. He says, you guys are keeping me sane and hopeful. This is good. This is good. That's part of what our job is. Uh, Appreciate you. Here's what he said, George Payton, on the subject of, hey, George, how much is that next coach and his offensive philosophy going to factor into the decision quote the offense we need to upgrade the offense we know that whoever we talk to they're going to have to have a plan for our offense if they're a defensive minded coach they're going to have to talk about their plan their offensive coordinator his coaching staff what his vision is with our personnel all that goes into it offense is obviously a priority but We don't want to take a step back on defense. We also need to elevate special teams. We need someone to take over the whole operation, Zach, and not just be focused on one side of the ball, even though we really need to upgrade
1: on that side of the ball, close quote. He doesn't want Vic Fangio. He wants, like I said, a true leader of men and someone to manage the entire operation. It's great when you're specialized, and it's great when your defense is performing at a high level, but it's not good when your special teams is ranked 32nd. It's not good when you can't pick a quarterback to save your life, when you don't literally watch the offense in front of you on the field or in practice. You have to be a leader on all sides, appealing to all players. I never really saw uh the... Players truly going to bat for Vic. I never saw it on the sidelines. I don't see it behind the podium. And there was a tweet that came out yesterday, I believe by Albright, who said the Broncos players were playing for themselves yesterday, not Vic Fangio. They wanted to win that game against Kansas City, not to save Vic Fangio's job, but to have some own pride for themselves. It seemed like a split locker room, like a cast system, where Vic was the king and the players were the peasants. They don't need someone like that. They did an all-inclusive coach, a true leader of men, And someone like Dan Quinn, I don't want a defensive guy, but someone who appeals to everyone gets the most out of every player. Everyone buys into his system. He has infectious energy. He takes over a room. Vic Fangio doesn't do any of those things. So on paper, Quinn is a massive upgrade on that. By the way,
0: I felt a little pang of jealousy today watching the Rams-Niners game when Garoppolo threw that touchdown that tied the game late in the fourth quarter. You go see him sit down. Trey Lance kind of... Moves aside to let him sit down. And who's right there next to him going over the cut-ups on a tablet? None other than Rich Scangarello. Tim Hoffman, thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate the stars. Speaking of stars, you guys, we are, of course, on our way to reaching 250,000 stars in the month of January. When we reach that goal, we will be raffling off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing, and we're at 23%, so we're doing well. We're on We're on schedule right now for the most part. Guys, the only ones in the running for that are those who contribute to the goal, and fortunately for us, Facebook makes it easy on us. Here's the top. Uh, here's the top ten. In other words, the names who are going to have the most tickets in the hat. Miguel at number one, Shane at two, Doug at three, Jermaine at four, Travis five, Jacob six, Andrew seven, Joshua Mize at eight. That's really cool to see. Pete Middleton, nine, and Aaron Johnson at 10. Tarbox, just outside the top 10, Rivera. So appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for your support. Stars are another way that our Facebook community can support these uh, nightly podcasts. Ren99, Zach, says, I hope whoever we hire as our next head coach is not a defensive coordinator. We've had that the last four years, and clearly it hasn't worked. Time to try something else. Five years. Five years. Seventeen, eighteen, Vance Joseph, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, Vic. So you are preaching to the priests here. You know we spit this into the uh, from the pulpit. You guys hear it, spit it back to us. That's what it is. We're one hundred percent in agreement with you on that. Rim.
1: You need. I mean, listen. I understand that George Payton. I think he gravitates toward familiarity. That's why he imported former Vikings players. He imported Kelly Klein, his assistant. I think he likes that. I think he respects uh, like-minded veterans in the industry. So if he wants to gravitate toward Dan Quinn or Doug Peterson, a retread coach, fine, but you also have to know which way the wind is blowing in the NFL. And they tried it going against the grain twice instead of, hiring Kyle Shanahan in 2017 they hired Vance Joseph two years later instead of hiring let's say Zach Taylor they hired Vic Fangio they owe it to the fan base if nothing else Broncos country to go in a different direction and try something new doesn't necessarily have to be a younger guy but it has to be to me an offensive guy try it out you got you're getting a new quarterback George Payton mentioned that today they need upgrades on every level especially quarterback Why not pair him with an offensive-minded head coach instead of trying to do it backwards and reverse-engineer it with a defensive guy and a new quarterback? doesn't work too often. Ethan,
0: a.k.a. the DWI Guys, with a very, 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 very generous super chat. Thank you, my friend. Seriously, really appreciate you. He says, thank you, Peyton, for a belated Christmas present. Can't wait to see what his plan is. I'm all in with Peyton. Zach, just unbelievable what uh, the DWI guys, a.k.a. Ethan does to uh, support what we do, the morning show. Anytime I see him in a chat, he's supporting the, sh- the the cause and just love it. Thank you, buddy.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. That's amazing. And I- I'm so excited as well. I-, I mentioned on the earlier pod today, I feel reinvigorated. I feel energized again. It- it's a good feeling that, that and hope that things will change in Broncos country and this six-year streak of not going to the playoffs, which is so unlike the Broncos standard, is going to soon change. They needed a culture shock, and they're getting that. George Payton didn't wait. I'm, I'm super pumped up about it. I really am.
0: Uh, real quick, on uh, you, you brought up Albright, and thank you, Brooke. We're going to grab this. Uh, first of all, Brooke says, Would you be let, be let down by a Dan Quinn-Mike McDaniel a combo? Of course, McDaniel is OC, floated by Albright just now, and give me Kyle Hamilton at number 9. Um, wouldn't completely hate it. Would I be let down? A little bit. But earlier today, and this is a story Bob Morris had for us at milehuddle.com Guys, go give it a read. He uh, reported on what Albright floated today. All right. Albright's been a busy boy, obviously, today in the, in the wake of the firing, ear to the floor type deal. He was on KOA radio rocking his show. And here is what he said. This is from Bob's piece. Quote, Albright mentioned a few of these candidates on Twitter. Five candidates he expects the Broncos to interview include Dallas Cowboys coordinator Dan Quinn, defense, Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, Buffalo defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, wrong coordinator there, by the way, Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. So there are two names on that list that on the surface I don't like. But,
1: hey, he said they're going to cast a wide net. Let him do it. To me, there's a few names on that list that I'm not crazy about. Again, Leslie Frazier is someone else that George Payton has familiarity with, just like he has familiarity with Dan Quinn. I don't want a defensive guy. Definitely Jonathan Gannon is the least appealing of those options. He's really not that proven of a a defensive coordinator, and he's a defensive-minded guy. So miss me on Jonathan Gannon. Nathaniel Hackett's my boy. That's my pick right there. The sooner they can set up something with him, the Packers have the top seed in the NFC, but the sooner they can set up something, the better. I, that's the guy to target for me, but it, it's looking like um, Dan Quinn reportedly is topping his list, and anyone who who watched Peyton's press conference, I think the insinuations were there that he's also intrigued. On that, I want to I circle back to that because
0: Lance Sanderson did a great job to... Uh, he transcribed the Peyton conversation on KOA today. I want to come back to what you said about Dan Quinn, because they kind of have a past tie together when they were both in, in the Miami dolphins organization, Shane, uh, Daniels in the house. What's up, buddy. Good to see you. Thank you. I think Ellis's words were Joe Ellis, the CEO, more telling about the firing than Peyton's Ellis did not mince words. He didn't like the leadership and the culture of losing and bad decisions. Peyton's words on drew Locke were interesting we'll we'll go cover the lock thing here in a second but Zach it's funny because the God King himself Mark Langley texted me right after the George Peyton press conference and he's like well, hey what'd you think of that all that's because it was Joe Ellis and George Peyton that spoke today at noon and I said look because he's like man they look uh, pretty pretty uh harassed right and I said look Joe Ellis in particular is at wits end like he's he doesn't he, he, even today, is like, I I stood up here a few years ago and said the exact same things that I'm saying to you now. You could tell that this has worn him down to a nub. And it sounds like Joe Ellis, man, is counting the, the days to when he can uh, go ahead and pass the baton, dissolve the Pat and trust relative to team ownership, and kind of extricate himself from what is one of the most high-pressure executive
1: gigs, I think, Zach, in probably all the world. <laughs> You know, i got to actually give Joe Ellis a lot of credit today based on his press conference. I've never been the the biggest Ellis fan. I think he's just a corporate suit for the most part, but he's shown some life today. He showed some heart like a human side. He said, I- I've never been more fed up with losing. And I think he really appealed to Broncos fans and-, and those of us who cover the team that are just so tired of seeing the same movie repeat itself. So I-, I again, I sense a different vibe with George Payton in the building. And I'll say this once more for anyone who didn't hear me on er- on today's earlier show. After Peyton Manning, I think hiring George Payton was the best move that John Elway made as Broncos GM. They are in extremely good hands. Real quick, and Joshua, thank you, buddy. He says, I'm feeling
0: optimistic about the changes to come. Yes, indeed. I wonder how Drew Locke is feeling about the changes to come. Got to feel like probably closer to where we're at, energized, optimistic, because check out what Peyton said on KOA today. And this was a lot more emphatic, Zach, a lot more revealing than what he actually said when he was at the podium. Quote on the topic of, hey, does Drew fit in uh, at all in 2022? Quote, no doubt, definitely how Drew did this year and kind of how he evolved. We want every candidate to have an opinion on Drew. How are you going to get the best out of Drew? Do they have knowledge of the college quarterbacks? Do you have knowledge of the free agent quarterbacks? Who have you been around and what's your ideal quarterback? What type of philosophy are you going to run on offense? It's a big conversation when you're interviewing these guys. It can go to five, seven hours. And quarterback is obviously a very big part of the conversation. Close quote, Zach. But for him to say, No doubt about Drew's place with the team this year and definitely and follow that with how Drew did this year and kind of how he evolved. Look, I might be reading into things a little bit too far, but when we hear that that Drew Locke had his and has his supporters within the organization, I don't think it's limited to just John Elway at the very, very top. I think George Payton likes Drew Locke, was impressed with how he seemed to kind of turn a corner even though the Broncos were outmatched in all three of their final games, kind of speaks to, this is me just kind of spitballing here, Zach, when he said this is Vic Fangio's decision at quarterback back in August, I think he meant it. And I think that was 100% Vic Fangio making the call to go with Teddy over Drew. If if it was George Payton making that decision, something tells me it would have been a different one.
1: Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious when they could have slam dunked on Drew Locke by selecting Justin Fields at number 9 or Mac Jones, or they could have acquired a better veteran quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater, but they kept Drew Locke around despite the uh, pushback publicly and privately from Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. Um, He has supporters, but what else is George Payton going to really say? He's the only Broncos quarterback under contract for 2022 he's played a really good stretch of football you can argue the best consistent stretch of his career I mean one thing one
0: thing not to cut you off you know I hate doing that when he says this what is your plan to get the best out of Drew to me see that that trumps any notion of GM speak at the podium like he went he took it a little one step farther that to me
1: implies that there is a little bit more meaning there I think he also realizes that Drew Locke is not a finished product, though. He's still very much developing. He's ver- very much raw. Rock- I mean, he's played better, but we both agree he's not some all-world quarterback now, so he still is growing, but at least they gave him the opportunity, and, and it looks like they want to give him that opportunity going forward. So at least as a backup, I'd bring him back. He deserves to come back. But like I said before, and I tweeted earlier, nothing should be handed to Drew Locke. They need competition and truly No investment, no emotional ties, no appealing to the fan base or a certain narrative. The best quarterback should captain the Broncos offense in 2022, whoever they deem that to be.
0: Marcus Lewis, Hannah, thank you, buddy. He says, hey, guys, respect and love from the U.K. Vic Fangio is a real piece of work. To turn on his QBs, he drove Teddy into the ground, then disrespected Drew. Uh, Glad he's gone. M-H-F-E. I'm not sure what that last uh, acronym is there, my friend, but yes, in case you missed it, last night after the loss to the Chiefs, Vic Fangio threw Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater uh, under the bus, basically, when he was asked about what separates the Broncos from the three teams of the AFC West, three other, you know, the rivals. And he said, look, they have top shelf quarterbacks. Could have gone a million different directions with his answer there, but that's the true opinion of a coach who in that moment knew literally nothing to lose here i'm i'm out they're firing me so i'm just going to tell you what i think and just because it was fangio's opinion doesn't necessarily make it it's true that they the three have top shelf but it's not the whole story more than one thing can be true at the same time because zach one of the things that separated the denver broncos from those three afc west rivals is absolutely 100 percent competent coaching especially in the 2021 season
1: you made the points exactly right um he's right you know you got to give credit where credit's due what's right is right and the until the broncos have that consistent upgrade under center they're not going to truly compete with the division But he also went 5-13 against them. He got swept by an interim head coach. The problems go beyond quarterback. And how about the Broncos don't have a top-shelf head coach either? It's a weird comment to make after a hard-fought loss in the season finale. I think he knew at that point his job was over. He had nothing else to lose. But it was a microcosm of the Vic Fangio era. Point the finger at everyone else. Back up the bus and run him over everybody else, but you everything else. And everyone else, it's always somebody else's fault. This time it's the quarterbacks wherever he hands up next. It'll be one of his defensive players too, but he's also right to, to an extent.
0: I'm trying to remember the timeline here for you, Zebulon. He wants to know, did the Broncos have a chance at Matt LaFleur before he was hired by green Bay, or did they even interview him before Fangio, man, if they passed on him and Shanahan. Wow. I'm trying to remember the timeline. Let me look here. He was hired as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers on January 8th. Uh, So I don't think that – I think he had his eyes set on that job. Zach, if they brought in Zach Taylor for an interview, you got to assume that they made overtures to Matt LaFleur. And because he had an in with Green Bay and Aaron freaking Rodgers, he probably said no, and that was probably part of his pitch to Green Bay, is look, I'm saying no to all these other ones. Hire me. And they did. But uh, the next best option in that cycle, besides – um, you know, Kyle Shanahan three year, or two years prior was probably Zach Taylor. Um, they only truly interviewed one offensive play caller in that cycle, which again, you're going, what the Sam Hill, John, what are you thinking, bro? And by the way, it was cool. The way uh, George Payton kind of rolled with the punches today, forgive me. I can't remember who asked the question, but someone very directly, how much of this, is Elway's fault. All the struggles that have happened here, how much of that is John's fault? And uh, he wouldn't answer. He said, this is all on us. You know, this is all our responsibility, including mine, you know, the state of the team.
1: It it is true. And I I think uh, Peyton realizes that it's, it's more than one problem. Like I said, it's not just the quarterback. It goes well beyond that. It goes beyond one side of the ball. All sides of the ball had meltdowns at some point this season, all sides of the ball contributed to what the Broncos record was, and it should have been a lot better than what it was. So it, it, they have more work to do than just nailing the head coach or nailing the quarterback. You also have to maintain the personnel, and uh, they have some big decisions to make on the free agent market, what they're going to do with their draft pick. So it's it's a full steam ahead kind of project.
0: Shout out to Michael Ronquillo in, in Tucson. Good to see you, big dog. Uh, But here's actually what he said on the topic of how much input is Elway going to have in the hiring process? And again, how much of Vic's lack of success is Elway's responsibility? This is Peyton quote, John is going to be a resource like he has been since I've been here, a valuable resource. He's been through searches and pardon me. And I will lean on him throughout the process. I think the failure is on all of us, everyone in the organization. We all have to look in the mirror. And we all have to take responsibility. It's not just one person. Obviously, we haven't been to the playoffs in six years. We need to look in the mirror and fix it. We're going to be urgent when we do that because it's not good enough. We know it's not good enough, close quote.
1: I I think uh, Elway did a lot of good in his final years. You know, he didn't leave them with the, uh, uh, the right head coach or the right quarterback necessarily, but the foundation of the Broncos was partly or maybe even largely built by Elway's recent draft classes. there's a lot of criticism you can put at Elway's feet, but you can also put some praise at his feet as well. Uh, He left Peyton in a decent position, but to Peyton's credit as well, he took over uh, the job with Gusto. I I loved his talent evaluation, his process in year one. I love the imports he made, his draft class. Uh, The future is very bright, but I feel like because Elway didn't leave the Broncos as a playoff contender, no one remembers the good he did either. Joshua Shadow jumping in, longtime member of our
0: community. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. He says, celebrating two uh, two months clean off of a certain drug today. This is good news. Great for you, buddy. Super excited to finally enter the Peyton era in Denver. That's an accomplishment. Proud of you. Uh, day at a time, right? Hey, uh, I know people who've been there, so day at a time, big dog. Uh, Zach, this is interesting that uh, George Payton guaranteed, this is maybe a story that needs to be written, George Payton guaranteed the Broncos are going to get it right with this search. Quote, "We're going to get it right with this coaching search. I guarantee you that." Bold after I mean maybe it's just the it's just the law of averages, right? They swung and missed on Vance, they swung and missed on Vic. So now they're the, the odds of them finally landing the right guy are got to at least be a little bit better and then we'll we'll grab Cadeo.
1: Well, George Payton also kind of has to distance himself now from Fangio because it wasn't that long ago where he said publicly, I came to Denver, I took the job because of Vic Fangio. I don't think he meant that at the time. I don't think he means that now, but he doesn't want to be associated from the failure of the Fangio era considering he was saddled with him. He wants to make his own mark in the Broncos hierarchy, and it seems like he even admitted that Elway is going to be part of the hiring process or someone to lean on anyway. So Elway's to an extent, is still looking over his shoulder, and I think George Payton wants to take the mantle with both hands and make it his own. So I love the, the mindset there. It's something where... Kind of GM speak. What else is he really going to say? We're not going to get it right. But I I do like the confidence he's showing this early on.
0: Throwing that guarantee, the G word in there, man. It's bold. I like that. And it just kind of, it's a guy that it shows you that he's a leader who's unafraid of putting the onus and the pressure on himself. And that should be encouraging. Uh, Clayto, appreciate you. My dream sitch is that we hire Brian Dayball trade up for Liberty quarterback Malik Willis, a.k.a. another physical freak quarterback for him to develop into a star. Thoughts? I wouldn't hate it. I really wouldn't. But, you know, again, that same scene in which I described feeling a little bit jealousy seeing Rich Gangarello going through cut-ups with uh, Jimmy G, guess who was sitting right there holding the clipboard? The last Malik Willis, Trey Lance. So, I don't know. Maybe not the – I don't necessarily need the toolsiest quarterback – If he's a day one, if the Broncos believe he's a day one upgrade, Zach, over Drew Locke, then I'm all for drafting a quarterback in the first round. But if they're not sure, don't half a it. You know what I'm saying? Just roll with the guy that you got and come back, circle back in 2023. And that is, of course, assuming Broncos are unable to win either the Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson sweepstakes.
1: Yeah, if you gamble on Malik Willis, this is an early-week quarterback class, and you can argue that he's like the Trey Lance of the group, the highest upside but lowest floor quarterback. You better get that right if you take him there. And there's only a couple coaches in the NFL that are available, like Brian Dayball. Greg Roman would be another considering what he's done with Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley, but that's a big gamble. I don't— George Payton doesn't strike me as someone that's going to go for the Brock Osweiler in the draft. He's going to go for the safer option, and that's more of a Matt Corral type to me.
0: All right. let's, uh, Let's see what's on Travis's mind. Good to see you, my friend. He says, good evening. With the news happening this morning, looks like Payton had his mind made up a while ago. For me, three things came to mind. One, the Wizard of Oz. Ding, dong, the witch is dead. Two saying goodbye to the three stooges and three, which one's Mo, which one's curly and which one's, uh, Oh man, I forgot the other one's name. Larry, Larry, Larry. uh, three, no more Tweedle D Tweedle dumb and Tweedle mur. Nice. I feel you. I feel you. Yes. The, the demon is being exercised as we speak, set.
1: Yeah. And it's so, it's just, it's a weight lifted off. I don't know how many other, you know, cliches or analogies I can make about it, but the stench, Is finally gone from this football team. It's it's slowly fading away, and it smells nice now around these parts. (laughs) Is that Uh,
0: I like it, David Wilder. I was very relieved to find out that Fangio had been fired. I think he's a nice guy, but this needed to happen. MHH for life, you demand Denver Broncos. For life, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he is a a good man. In fact, I know he is a good man. Like one of the things he was known for um, as a multi-decade assistant is just agonizing over when he would see his players or any player uh, squandering their sizable contracts because of a lack of, um, you know, financial education, you know, guys go from getting by in a dorm to all of a sudden having millions of dollars in the bank account. And not only can it uh, be quite tempting to blow that money and spend it irresponsibly, which Vic, you know, he tried to help them understand how to invest it and things like that, or how to protect it. But the protection part of it—these these young players who suddenly overnight become multimillionaires—Zach, they become big targets to swindlers and matchstick men the world over. Look at what happened to Clinton Portis, for example. He's one. He's just one example of more than I could even begin to uh, number of NFL or star athletes. Who lost their money because they trusted the wrong people and Vic Fangio would give seminars in fact Zach I know this because when we got the uh the news of the hire three years ago of, of Vic Fangio the game the uh what would you, not a game capsule but the press release uh information about Vic capsule that the Broncos PR department which was well researched sent to us um Went into great depth on that, so I know he cares about people, and I know I'm—I know he's a good man. He's just not a great head coach, and the Broncos need a great head coach.
1: It means nothing to me. You know how many nice people were in the NFL that didn't make it, Chad. There's no. What's the old expression? There's there's no column in the stat sheet for that. And that's how I feel about the nice factor. I mean, you want player relatability, but I don't care that he cares about his players. That should be a requisite for any head coach. But when you have no emotion and and you don't inspire any confidence in your team, any energy, that would be caring about your team, showing some passion out there, not standing with your arms folded, you know, being a little more open and a little more 2022-ish. And not 1965-ish. And that's always been Vic's problem. That's why he was a lifelong assistant, Chad. And the NFL didn't come calling for him as a head coach until the Broncos came calling. And I think we're seeing why. Personality plays a big factor in being a leader of men, which is what George Payton wants. And I don't think Vic, as a head coach, is a leader of men. Far from it. George Fox, this is hoping
0: for a great head coach, but... Don't think we'll end up with a better season in year one. Year two, look out. Thanks, guys. Uh, you do help all of us, not in Denver, Denver Broncos for life. MHH, the best pod on the team. Thanks again. George, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, Insidious J shares your brain with you, Zach. He says, I think Fanjo is the most selfish coach I've ever seen in the NFL, right up there with Urban Meyer. I'm not saying he wasn't selfish. In fact, that decision to go for it, uh, or not go for it, that decision to go with Teddy over Drew was the most self-serving single decision I've seen a coach in orange and blue make that I can even remember just because what you did is in the, in the service of what was expedient and in the short-term, right? Short-term expediency over what is in the long-term best interest of this team. What would have been in the best interest of of this team is, guess what, Vic? You go with Drew because what you saw from Drew in the final three games, imagine if he had been starting all year long. He bumps his head those three games uh, to open up the season maybe a little bit. But even like a, a similar caliber performance as you saw in this first start, right? Broncos still beat the Jets. Broncos still beat the Jags. Broncos still beat the Giants. And then he's learning as he's going. He's quarterbacking a 3-0 team. You don't know what the limits of that could have been for your team. In fact, Vic, could still be employed by the Denver Broncos if he would have chosen differently there but that was the most transparently self-serving decision we've seen from Vic and it's not the only one just the way he talks the way he um never really like stood up and took ownership when things were going sideways and you know pointing to others just I think as an individual again I'm inclined to believe he cares about players how much does that serve you in the standings as you
1: said Zach As you can tell, not much. Do you know why he kicked that field goal there? You know, despite having nothing to lose, which he just preached to the team days before that, because he thought that his defense would get the ball back, that his defense, he would be the one at the forefront to stop Patrick Mahomes, get the ball back for Drew Locke so they can go win the game and give Drew Locke no credit for it. That's what Vic Fangio's entire plan was. Didn't play out that way because it never did in the Fangio era because his defense isn't as good as he thinks it is, nor he is as good as he thinks he is. It's all self-serving. Going with Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke was a means to save his own job trotting Teddy Bridgewater out there when he can barely walk, when he can barely play was a means to preserve the fact that he was right, that he didn't make the wrong choice. He didn't want to expose Drew Lock to action because it would have made him look bad if Drew Lock panned out, which it looked like he was going to if we had another week maybe to find out with a full week of practice. Had his best game, according to Vic Fangio, and then runs him over with the bus by saying the Broncos don't have a top-shelf quarterback. I'm even tired of discussing the man because he's a walking contradiction. Nothing about Vic Fangio as a head coach made sense, not his style, not his verbiage, not his messaging, nothing. MJA
0: 2873, Maja. I'm just going to call you Maja, dog. Thank you for the super chat. He wants. He says, "I would like Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell as our head coach. He's definitely a guy I would want to talk to. He's a, he's on my short list of of head coach candidates. You know, my short list would include O'Connell. This is in no particular order. O'Connell, Hackett, Dayball, Moore, Callan Moore, uh, Greg Roman. That would be my five. Okay, and then Dan Quinn. Sure, I'll talk to him. But listen." For everyone that thinks it's Dan Quinn, fate complete, that it's de- destined to happen. George was asked that today in that same conversation on KOA. How much does previous familiarity play into your head coaching search? He said, you know what? I don't think that factors in. I mean, obviously, if you know someone in the interview process, you know more about them in the background and stuff. But you just hate to limit yourself and focus on someone before you get through the whole process. A process. So, again, I may know a few guys, but that doesn't give them an edge at all. And there's a lot of really good candidates out there, and we want to get to know them. We're going to be very thorough, and we're going to find the best guy for the Denver Broncos. I guarantee you that, throwing out another G-word, Zach.
1: It's it's the approach you have to take. Even to the Jacksonville Jaguars credit, the most hapless team in the NFL, they're casting an extremely wide net. They're pretty much talking to every candidate I want the Broncos to talk to. Uh, they have a meeting set up with Doug Peterson. It looks like he's the favorite to go there right now. They also want to talk to Bill O'Brien. Not sure how I feel about that, but... Kevin O'Connell, these are one of those up-and-coming names, the young names, where we don't know enough about George Payton as a GM. There's not enough of a track record there to go on. We knew Elway's proclivities. Before he hired Vic, we kind of could tell what he was looking for or where he would go. But we don't really know that with George Payton. It seems like, to me, if you want a true leader, how can a first-time head coach, a still-growing guy, be a true leader of men? To me, that was a tip-off that he wants something that has – to use your verbiage, Chad, skin's on the wall. He wants people with skin in the game experience a resume to take over the Broncos. That's why I'm thinking he's leaning toward Dan Quinn right now.
0: Man, I think it would just be another categorical mistake. The, what we, If you guys missed it today, uh, the earlier Huddle Up podcast show right before George Payton's presser, the one thing you and I were saying is, you know, there's multiple boxes when you start looking at the candidates here that need to be checked before you say, this is someone we want to talk to. And I think the first one amongst up many others, there are more than one, but the first box that you have to be able to confidently check before you can really say, okay, move on to the other boxes. Okay, these boxes are all checked. Let's see if we can get an interview. Quarterback whisperer. Do they have bona fide, a bona fide track record in the recent five years, 10 years at longest, of developing a young quarterback and not just saying – Look, I took this like relatively high round draft pick quarterback, and you know, he ended up becoming a serviceable starter. We're not looking at, say, like a even though Cousins was a fourth round pick, we're not looking for a guy that kind of discovered or developed Kirk Cousins in Washington. We're looking for a guy similar to even Doug Peterson or Frank Reich that took a high round pick, a very raw and talented uh, quarterback in potentia, and turned him into a force to be reckoned with, like Carson Wentz, who Guys, you know, Nick Foles gets a lot of the credit for that Philadelphia championship, and he should, but they're not even close to sniffing to be in the position they were in that year if it wasn't for the tour de force performance of Carson Wentz 2017. And look, you people say, oh, no, it's Frank Reich. Frank Reich's the one that gets the credit on Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. I say, really? The same Frank Reich whose Colts just squandered a playoff berth by dropping to the lowly, lowly Jags. Now, I think it takes two to tango. I'm sure both of them share both responsibility and complicity with how things turned out for Carson Wentz, but I digress. Tim Hoffman, we need a younger, offensive-minded guy that's going to revamp the whole damn organization, bring back the excitement for the fans, and be able to beat our dang good arse division, Zach.
1: Can I just tack on to your previous point, Chad? Little fun fact the Colts haven't beat the Jags in Jacksonville since 2014. So some of us could see this loss coming um I think though they get in unless there's a tie in tonight's game but about the Eagles as well it was Nick Foles playoff renaissance it was the play calling and and who they had on staff I don't want to take all the credit away from Doug Peterson but people also forget how good that defense played especially in the Super Bowl they were beating the hell out of Tom Brady you don't win a title against Brady unless you keep him relatively in check Nick Foles came through, the offense came through, but it was just the perfect storm coming together at the right time, both sides of the ball that led the Eagles to that title, I believe.
0: Let's see here. I'm looking at the AFC playoff picture. It only shows the Chargers and Raiders in the hunt on NFL.com. Steelers on the bubble. uh, Eliminated... It show yeah indy's eliminated dude according to nfl.com uh wyatt horning what? i said it on the earlier Ooh. show Locke wow. is staying in town and probably being quarterback one also can't wait for a competent offensive head coach to run this show we have four guys that can be thousand yard receivers sutton patrick judy fant and a 1500 yard back pookie the future is bright <laughs> it is bright and zach what you saw oh, wow. from drew Locke in the season finale as an example was almost in spite of pat Shermer, right like he's he succeeded in playing a solid a a modestly solid and modestly impressive game despite the tomfoolery slapdashery slack-jawed coaching of pat Shermer. so imagine what that talented toolsy young quarterback might be able to do now that he's really kind of been grizzled a little bit right now he's got three years of some pretty like fraught situations you know he's It's the refiner's fire, all right, to throw a proverbial term out there. And I would love to see him in a Brian Day Bowl scheme. I would love to see him under the wing of a guy who's really got a skin on the wall in terms of, look, what I've done with quarterback X or look at these quarterbacks, etc.
1: Let me just say I feel really crunchy right now because I pride myself on being a football fan. You know, and it's like I didn't know the Colts were eliminated. That's crazy. They squandered that against I thought they were, like, coasting regardless. They just had to avoid a tie tonight. Wow. So that surprises me. Credit to the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, I will say. A broken-down Ben Roethlisberger. People left them for dead, and now they might squeak into the postseason. Mike Tomlin does not get the credit he deserves. He is, to me, a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Should have got the
0: Oscar for his starring role in the program, too. I mean, (laughs) oh, hold on. Sorry, producer just told me. That was Omar Epps. My bad. <laughs> DWI guys, what's good? Thank you, bro. That's so generous. He says we don't have to discuss Fanjo anymore, Zach. Thank God. If Quinn is truly the front runner, I wonder who his OC will be.
1: Bevel, Daryl Bevel, or someone we're not talking about. Uh, I put this out on Twitter. Someone asked me to, uh, who would the OC be if they hire Dan Quinn? I'm going to throw this out there right now. It might not happen, but Doug Nussmeier, who is the quarterback's coach in Dallas right now, he's been a big help to Dak Prescott. He was an OC never in the NFL, but uh, many different college stops, including Alabama, Michigan, and Florida, well-regarded. Quinn could go for familiarity, so I'm not saying it's going to happen, but one name to keep in mind right now is Doug Nussmeier. Travis
0: says, I don't mean to be rude. The season's over. Can we stop complaining and let Peyton do his job? He didn't steer us wrong this season. Just didn't get the results we would prefer. Peyton is just getting started, folks, In Peyton and I trust. You know, here's the thing, Travis. I can appreciate that, my friend. But uh, we are still very much in the process of exercising the Fangio demon. And Bronco fans like you uh, are a little bit traumatized, a little PTSD, because of the last six years, this is the window with which to kind of you know, get their lashes in for lack of a better term on Fangio and what's transpired. But again, I do, I agree with you that you should be excited or at least take some kind of confidence in the fact that George Payton solely is in charge of who's making this next head coach hire always a sounding board. That's it. Joe Ellis sounding board. That's it. Even Ellis today said, are you going to be involved? He's like, dude, no, no, Yo, listen I've been involved in the last it, I did nothing to my my insights did nothing to help us it's it's on George. so let's let Ain't George do his thing.
1: If anything, his insights were a detriment because it kept the Broncos from hiring Kyle Shanahan than Mike Shanahan Shanahan after that. So Joe Ellis hasn't been a great help to the Broncos franchise, so the more he's out of the picture, the better. And I'm excited. You just feel like they're going to get it right this time. You feel like even if it's not the guy that you want Peyton to pick, whoever he does end up picking, it's going to end up being the right choice. That's what I feel like right now. I might be a little delusional you know, in a drunken stupor, figuratively speaking, after they fired Vic Fangio, but that's what I firmly believe. Tommy's been with us, Zach, dating back to our
0: CBS Sports days. And so, Tommy, you're an OG. What's on your mind, bro? What, is it, That's Scott, going what's it, what is it that he wants? Um, He's, he's upset we're not answering his question. If, if you want to recapitulate whatever, chat's moving quick. Oh, wait. Here we go. Here we go. Here's one. I lean on lock defenders hard, but I know, I know, but pretty sure I offer insight, not attention unless it's a joke. All right, so now he's just. He's upset. So if you have a real like insight or something, what? Throw it in, bro. We're happy to to grab it. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, he got he got muted on YouTube. All right. Well, just keep it uh, keep it straight up, bro. You know, don't don't be reactionary. Contribute to the conversation. And that's not just with us, but like everyone else in the chat. And no one's gonna get muted. All right, Jacob. Thank you, bro. Appreciate that all the time getting muted well just you know take it easy take it that's how it goes um okay let me mosey on here um in the house top rope super chat dang bro really just thank you you stun us with thank you that generosity thank you bro Keeps the lights on at MHH. This is true. Just thank you, bro. He says, why is Benjamin Albright all about Quinn? We have to go young offensive mind. Saw something about making Mike McDaniel, that's the Niners offensive coordinator, uh, assistant slash head coach. Screw that and make him head coach if that's how they feel. We need a young offensive minded coach for a change, please. I'm where, I'm right there with you. Um, but here's the problem with Mike McDaniel. He intrigues me. And he has for a long time. But, He doesn't call the plays, man. Doesn't call the plays. If you guys were in the room with us earlier today, Zach and I, for the pre-Payton presser, our actual gut reaction to Vic being fired, um, you remember us saying that one of our misgivings about any candidate coming in as a head coach, uh, whether it's defense or offense, but since we are talking offense here, do they, whatever that resume that they're rolling in on is, were they the play caller? If they weren't the play caller, it's not 100, 86 them from all consideration, Zach. But it's a uh, it's a con, right? You got pros, you got cons. It's a con. And even George Payton said today, "What if they're not play callers?" He's like, "Look, well, if it's a guy we like, that wouldn't be a non-starter." But to me, it's dang close. I agree, it's not a non-starter, but it's something that you're not calling plays in your city, uh, McDaniel. You're not calling plays in your city eric the enemy what makes you think you should be a head coach you know what makes help us understand why we should trust that you could run things if you've never really had that you know the the closest thing to being a head coach in the league is calling plays on one side of the ball that's the closest thing in terms of like approximating the pressure cooker you know the intellectual um command of this kind of competition that you got to be able to show, I think that you've got some uh, competency at, you know, Jim, or pardon me, John Harbaugh is an exception to that rule. You know, he came in and got hired as a head coach is after being a special teams coordinator. So there are exceptions, but those exceptions in my book, Zach, prove the rule. Thank you, Nunzi.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right about what you said. Um, I don't have a problem with McDaniel as OC, but he's still too a little green for me to be a head coach. And, you know, to what you were saying as well, Brian Callahan falls in that group. Kevin O'Connell falls in that group. If Peyton goes for an up-and-comer, he's not going to go for that up-and-coming. You know, he wants a guy that has a little bona fides to his name. So someone indisputably who calls plays or at least is part of the play-calling process, you know, could be Kellen Moore. Dan Quinn, for sure, calls his own plays on defense. He's the leader of that side of the ball. Uh, One name, though, if they want to go this route, pair Quinn with an up-and-coming guy is Mike Kafka, the Chiefs quarterback's coach. I don't know if he'll leave uh, to go to the Broncos division rival, but it's a promotion and that would be a name to target.
0: Dale, D-Dub, two nights in a row, dude, we're lucky we get Dale two nights in a row. Love you, bro. Thank you so much for that. Very generous super chat, brother. Give our best to Gretchen. Hope things are good in Hawaii, in paradise. He says, we need, and by the way, I'm coming your way soon. I'm going to be coming to your relative neck of the woods uh, in the spring, bringing the fam damn. So, anyway, We need coaching accountability across the board, not fangios, culture. Great coaching and let them coach. Get great coaching and let them coach. Coach up every player in position. Consistent offensive scheme, creativity, no matter defensive or offensive head coach. Every aspect of the team must be coached up. I couldn't have said it better myself, but again, you really have to, you would really have to convince me. If you hire a defensive guy, like, again, yeah. it's going to be all about who that offensive coordinator hire would be. And obviously they would have a plan for that in their interview um, that you would expect George Payton to be on board with. But still, I think once again, you'd be flying in the face of what the NFL is sh- telling you and showing you. I mean, real quick, Zach, I've got, I'm, I'm going to do a quick share screen. Um, and I'm going to show you guys, let's just, let's just go through this real quick. Now there are some exceptions here, but let's look at the vast majority. All right, let's look at the AFC. Titans head coach defense. All right, Chiefs head coach offense. Bills head coach McDermott wasn't he defensive guy? Right? Wasn't he? Def- yeah. or, or, or am I misremembering that?
1: With the Panthers, yeah.
0: Bengals offensive, Belichick defensive, but he's a unicorn. Uh, in the hunt, Chargers defensive guy, Raiders. There's they don't even have a head coach, they've got a special teams guy running things. Uh, Steelers, Mike Tomlin, and then let's look at the NFC real quick: Packers, offense, Bucks, offense, Cowboys, offense, Rams, offense, Cards, offense, Niners, offense, Eagles, offense. So that's seven. Let's see, seven, uh, eight, uh, nine of the 12 teams that have clinched, Zach are led by offensive-minded coaches. To me, that's a pretty glaring statistical hmm.
1: distinction. It's not an anomaly. I love you, Dale. Yeah, people say follow the data, you know follow the science. Well, if you follow it, then you're going to get an offensive guy to coach up the next quarterback and take this Broncos team over the top because that's what the trend is in the NFL. That's what it's been, and that's where it's going. I'm with you. If you hire Dan Quinn, for example, you're gonna have to nail. I mean, not home run, grand slam, the OC hire and the quarterback acquisition, whoever that may be, rookie or veteran. I would prefer an offensive-minded guy because once again, every team like Chad just laid out, that's how it's going. So, but that's George
0: Payton's pick, though. Uh Keela wants to know, guys, what about Jim Harbaugh? I need your opinion. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, we are of the opinion that these overtures about, Hey, I'm maybe you looking at the league. This is all a ploy to fatten his uh, package with, with Michigan. I don't think he's a viable in his own mind. I don't think he's really trying to come to the league, come back. Phrase- to the
1: league. Phrasing Chad. I think the Las Vegas Raiders are the most attractive opening to Jim, Jim Harbaugh. If he comes out of college to go to the NFL, I think that's where he's going to land. And there's rumors that he would take Vic with him. They worked together previously as the DC there. So Stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned indeed. Tommy Simmers. Hey, dude, thank you for the super. Eric Weber, evening priest. Good day for Broncos country. Excited to see who Peyton brings in. Any rumblings on new owners? No, and in fact, uh, Joe Ellis was kind of handcuffed a little bit from really talking much about that because the Broncos, once again, are find themselves embroiled in another lawsuit because the owner who sold the team to Pat Bolin, Edgar Kaiser, um, he is pursuing a um, – right of first refusal, uh, what, what would you call it, clause in the contract to sell, which was if the Broncos, if Pat Bowen were to die or to pass on ownership to anyone other than a Boland family member, he would get first right of first refusal, which would mean that the Broncos, if a judge holds it up, it means that the Broncos, the Kaiser estate would get, or Kaiser or whatever would get the first swing at the plate to purchase the Broncos if indeed no Bolin is able to pass, uh, you know, get get the, get the gear or whatever, right? But it's been a Game of Thrones with the Bolin kids, so it doesn't feel like um, it's going to go to Brittany. It's not going to go to Beth or any of the Bolin kids. And the fact that this is the one thing holding up the sale of the Broncos tells you It's just more evidence, I think, Zach, that this is 100% trending toward outside sale. It's not going. Jacob, you demand it's not going to a bowling.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Game of Thrones, where in this instance, spring is coming for the Broncos because that's when a sale more than likely will go down. Hopefully by the owners meetings in March, they'll have something concrete, but they can't wait until then to conduct business and get this franchise back on the right track. It's not going to affect the coaching search for people who are worried about that or what George Payton wants to do, but obviously the sooner it's settled, the better.
0: Appreciate you, David. I'm, I like the days where we could score 30-plus in any game, so I'm looking forward to an offensive-minded coach. RG says, guys, is Dan Quinn truly really that good of a coach to take over the Broncos? I remember him in Atlanta and never saw anything that impressed me. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, you know, you used an absolute there. The, the the What year was that, Scott, 2016 Falcons? That was a damn good team. You know, that was a damn good team. They should have a ring. You know, they have arguably the most epic collapse of any team in Super Bowl era history. He should have a ring. Um, but I am I do agree with you that outside of that one season, anytime you flash back to Atlanta and you saw what's going on with Dan Quinn and the Falcons, you're kind of like, that dude still has a job? Hmm.
1: Well, anyone who's followed the Cowboys this year, I mean, they have a top 10 scoring defense. They're top 10 against, I think, the run as well. He gets the most out of every player, like I mentioned. Everyone buys into his system. He's just this infectious, unique personality, and people naturally gravitate toward him. Does it sound like Vic Fangio? Because it's not. And I was going to say earlier... It's one thing for your head coach to be non-offensive minded. It's a whole other thing when that non-offensive minded coach ignores the offense. I mean, has no interest at all in looking or taking care of that side of the ball. So in that sense, Dan Quinn couldn't be worse than Fangio because at least he would give a, you know, what about offense, he would be in tune with that and he would be a leader of all players, not just his own defensive players.
0: I, it gives me some serious, um, reservations. Fact that the list, you know, Albright is as plugged in internally uh, as any insider, as far as the Denver Broncos are concerned. And it does give me some pause and some misgivings to hear that three of the five names are defensive guys from Quinn to Leslie Frazier to Jonathan Gannon. And I, I'm not going to lie to you guys and BS you that to me, that's again, you're flying in the face of, of the football gods in this moment in time, Ty. I hope Javante will be the starter next year. I can't wait to see how much he progresses this offseason. And if we had a better line, he would have won rookie offensive rookie of the year. You know, no. the Broncos were like, hey, we're paying Melvin all this money. We're going to use him. And it ended up biting him in the rear. Even though it's crazy, he had a huge game. You know, he's one of the reasons why the Broncos were in it at the end. And were about to salt that game away. If they score a touchdown on that drive instead of fumble, as Melvin did, You know, there's, they probably win the game and Melvin had 12 carries over hundred yards in that long scamper, man. Like, but again, he giveth and he taketh away. He can't be trusted, especially in critical moments. You've saw it a million times with the chargers. You saw it time and time again with the Broncos. Nunzi. Wow. Thank you, bro. He says, I just don't want a defensive mind, a head coach. I've been so pissed off since they failed to hire Kyle Shanahan trusted or pardon me frustrated die hard, nothing but love for you guys thank you Robert. right back at you brother
1: thank you very much seriously
0: thank you nunzi i don't
1: want to i don't want to mistake you all and and give off the impression that i'm advocating for dan quinn i don't think that should be the guy i'm just telling you objectively who i think george payton could be leaning toward based on his uh intimations in his press conference I-, I think they have to go offense now they've spent the last two coaching cycles trying defense if it was just coming off VJ or just coming off Vic that'd be one thing but it's compounded by both of those mistakes you don't have a quarterback why would you want to hire a strictly defensive guy like Dan Quinn for example an older guy at that and get a let's say rookie quarterback doesn't really go together you want uh ideally the young Offensive coordinator slash head coach or a grizzled experienced head coach with an offensive background to mold that quarterback, come in together in tandem and grow together from there. Tabitha, appreciate you
0: very, very much. Corey H, this is all moot. Peyton had a hard time when the reporter called him out on what is more important, quarterback or coach. It's all about quarterback. And for me, I have been depressed since Teddy was signed. I'm really scared. About our future. Let's let's go ahead and actually grab the quote real quick, Zach. I know we're about out of time here, but let me grab this quote on exactly what George Payton said when he was asked that. What's more important, head coach or quarterback? Quote. Uh, that's a good question. I would say the head coach right now. We need a head coach. We'll focus on the quarterback at a different time. That's a debatable question that I don't know if we have enough time. Right now, we're focused on this head coaching search and getting the right guy for Denver. I don't know what else you expect him to say in that moment, Corey, because, again, the whole point of the being at the podium today was we're on the hunt for a new head coach. And so to be asked, what's more important? He'd be shooting himself in the foot, dude, with co- uh, candidates coming in. Right. If he were to say, no, quarterback right now is more important than head coach. Suddenly, you look like a complete, utter D-dip, you know what, you know, so I thought it was quite a politically savvy answer, if I'm being frank, from uh, GP.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, and that's what I was going to say as well. If he would have said quarterbacks more important, then um, a head coach coming in would automatically feel uh, marginalized under George Payton. He would know that the quarterback is always going to be Payton's number one, and the and the head coach is always going to be number two. You have to do it the other way, and he's also maybe. Subtly intimating, coaching, coaching, coaching. The coaching can help the quarterback. The coaching can take a good quarterback and make him great. You don't necessarily need an Aaron Rodgers, but if you have a young talent that you can mold with the right head coach, you can go from there. And by the way, guys, I'm seeing questions here. What are the odds of us hiring from within?
0: Peyton slammed the door on that today. He said no coach currently under contract is in consideration for this job. Marcus Lewis-Henna, I had to check. If the Broncos had ever gone this long without any without ever reaching the playoffs, oh boy, the loser has left the building. MHH forever, Uh love you, Bronco fans. Yeah, dude. Thank thanks, Marcus. Yeah, it's it's the it's nearly unprecedented. And as Peyton said, he even used that word today to have two fumbles returned for a touchdown in the same season in two games that really cost you within the division. Unprecedented. Ryan. That's a newer name, Zach. Welcome, big dog. Need an offensive-minded coach, period. We should either get a veteran quarterback or stick with Locke for another year, then draft a legit Q. I'm with you on that. Everything you said there, I'm 100%. I think you'd be remiss to not pursue if it's a legitimate opportunity and the Seahawks are dumb enough to put Russell Wilson on the trading block or the Packers are dumb enough to not figure out a way to just make Aaron Rodgers happy. You pursue that. If you lose – you got to find out 100% for sure. If there's not a quarterback in this class, that's a day one upgrade over drew invest in drew. And as you heard from his comments on KOA, Zach George Payton said, one of the qualifying questions that these coaches candidates, these, these candidates are going to be asked is what would be your plan for drew lock? And how could you, what would your plan be to get the best out of him? So drew is still front of brain for George Payton, even though it's a polarizing topic, you know, you know, locked arrangement syndrome is a thing he still is a priority doesn't mean he's the answer long term and it doesn't even mean that george payton is convinced he's the answer long term but he is a priority to this organization still he wasn't to vic but he is to this organization
1: where did I hear that Russell? It's more likely that they, they would get rid of Pete Carroll than get rid of Russell Wilson, Seattle. So, uh, you know, you have to also be realistic about these scenarios as well. If Rodgers, I, I still hold true to the belief that if Rogers wins back to back MVPs and goes to even reach the Super Bowl, not necessarily wins the Super Bowl, he might walk away. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying it can happen. Seattle could keep Russell Wilson. So you have to prepare yourselves for the likelihood of going to another holdover quarterback, like maybe a Kirk Cut. Cousins, matt ryan jimmy garoppolo i don't know or a younger quarterback like a kenny pickett malik willis matt corral etc the rogers wilson scenarios are tantalizing and fun to talk about but in the end maybe not all that realistic
0: matthew stafford aside from him who is the last true franchise quarterback to get dealt while still even having like one pinky toe in their prime years you get crickets in the same sense that outside of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady who kind of forced his way into that situation um there is no such thing as a free agent franchise quarterback you know these are doctrines of the NFL the DWI guys again Ethan wow bro thank, thank you, you big so dog much. he says watching Kyle Shanahan call plays down 17-3 to the Rams makes me wonder what could have been would have been nice to have a play caller with creativity and cashews. Yes, indeed, dude. I was impressed. I watched that whole game today. I watched that whole game while I was doing some copy editing, getting some articles published for the dudes at Mile High Huddle. And I was impressed with Kyle Shanahan. And I again I'm with you. There were multiple points in that game. I felt a little peanut butter and jelly from seeing Skeins on the on the bench working with the quarterback to seeing Shanahan scheme his way and snatch victory from the jaws of defeat.
1: I got to be honest. I get jealous when I watch the jets because even Mike uh, LaFleur, who's the brother of Matt LaFleur, the OC for New York, he's more creative and doing more 21st century things than Pat Shermer was. And I see the same on the defensive side of the ball as well. For some of these teams, they can create turnovers. They can cause havoc. They're getting the most out of their players. Unlike what the Broncos did. So Again, we have to hope that George Payton gets it right, but I, for one, think God that he will get it right, and we're going to see a new tide turning in in Broncos country. Two more questions. we got to
0: grab one from Twitch, and then we got one more super chat from uh, Patriot Techs. The Broken Pirates. After the performance from Reggie Herring, that's the Broncos linebackers coach, what are the chances of him getting promoted to, I assume, defensive coordinator? I think – I don't know how much he wants to be a defensive coordinator, In fact, I'd have to look at his resume, but I don't think in the league Reggie has ever – let me look this up real quick before I answer Reggie Herring. I don't think he's ever been a coordinator in the league, but he's one hell of a position coach. Uh, Let's see, linebackers. He's been a coordinator at the college level multiple times, but not the pro level. Uh, So it depends on if that's even in his wheelhouse. It's kind of like Bill Collar. Bill Collar has never sought a coordinator position. He was happy being a position coach coaching his his specialty defensive line. So that would be the answer there, Broken Pirates, would be contingent on, A, is it even something Herring wants? B, the new head coach coming in, Right. does he already have his own guy? So for now, I would tell you, what are the chances? Slim, but you can't rule it out.
1: Yeah, the Magic 8-Ball says, ask again later, because that's what we can tell you. We'll know more who the next head coach is, whether he wants to stick around. They gave Fangio's assistance, the one they haven't fired yet by now, opportunities to explore outside jobs. We don't know what's going to happen with Reggie. It's worth noting, though, that Peyton quickly dismissed the idea of any current uh, staff members getting the head coaching job. He's definitely looking outside, so you don't know how many players he wants to, or players, how many coaches he wants to keep. One thing that's worth noting, though, is that Ed Donatel wasn't let go with Fangio and Pat Shermer and the like, and he gave a statement, I believe it was to Kliss, where I can't remember what he said exactly, but he wants to continue the mission he has with the Broncos. So maybe he knows something that he's going to stick around, maybe in his current title. He could even exactly
0: remain as defensive coordinator. Uh, but, you know, he's got some roots in Denver, right? I mean, Donatel is from Ohio, but he has let, – let me just tell you real quick. Secondary coach from 95 to 99, so there's five years, all right? Uh, secondary coach, oh, 09 and 10, there's seven years. And then the last three, he has now spent eight of his – let's see, in the NFL anyways, eight of his 31 years in the league – with the Denver Broncos, he's got some roots here and he's probably been told that, Hey, Ed, you stick around with us. You know, we're going to kind of pitch it like to the coordinator guys. We interview the, the offensive guys. Hey, what would your thoughts be on keeping Ed? Cause you get Fangio's defense stays, but Fangio's gone. So it actually makes a lot of sense. And if I'm an offensive coordinator, unless I've already got my, you know, head coach candidate, unless I've got my eye on somebody already, or like my heart set on something, I'm I'm lapping that up with relish. I'm going, yeah. Ed Donatel, chip off the old Fangio block. Just already has all the relationships with the players. Peyton said, we don't want to take a step back on defense. That's how you have you get you know have your cake and eat it too, Zach.
1: First, we have to make sure that Ed Donatel is a real person. I mean, does he even exist? I've never seen the guy. What does he <laughs> actually do? I was laughing. I was watching Luke on a recent pod, Luke Patterson, and I was nodding my head very aggressively because he said Ed Donatel is a wasted resource. I could not agree with that more. He's a defensive coordinator in title only. I would have liked to have someone up and coming in that role, maybe Brandon Staley, and you've to kept him around. Ed Donatel does nothing but follow Fangio. The only reason I can see him staying is to finally get out of the Fangio shadow. That's his reputation. He's a guy that wherever Fangio goes, Ed Donatel goes. I, I don't think being a lackey and being a follower is the impression he wants to leave behind. I'm assuming that anyway. If he wants to break free from that, make staying in Denver and being the DC, if given the opportunity, would make sense. His biggest impact, to answer it in all truthfulness,
0: is... is- You know, he was like the godfather of the secondary. So even though you had like Christian Parker come in and he's the young guy in the trench with the players on the sidelines and during training camp and all that stuff, that's his specialty. And in fact, if you go to the resources we use to get pictures, all right, that we can use professionally on our articles and whatnot from like USA Today or Getty or any of them, if you get a picture of Ed Donatel in orange and blue and Bronco colors, he's talking to a DB. So for what it's worth, Patriot Techs. Got my wish, but now George Payton has got to get this hire right. Fans can no longer tolerate the losing. This is Denver, not Cleveland. What a great super chat to end the show on, Zach, if you want to run us out of here.
1: And that's something that Payton has talked about throughout his first calendar year as Broncos general manager. He wants the Broncos to be relevant again, and they haven't been since Payton Manning walked away. I mentioned this uh, a, a, week, a week or so ago, no one cares about the Broncos. No one outside the local market even knows who half of the Broncos are. They're in a franchise right now, and they have been for quite a few years, and Peyton knows they have to. he has to get them back on the right track. To do so, you got to nail this coaching hire. They are at a crossroads right now, more so than 2019, more so than 2017. Peyton has to get this right, absolutely, but uh, most of us have faith that he will get this right.
0: All right, bro. Well, the time has come for us to uh, say goodbye for now. You got the Huddle Up Podcast three days in a row because tomorrow's Monday. We'll be back tomorrow at 6 p.m., of course, but I'll pull up Facebook.
1: Until we see you guys tomorrow, be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter, as you can see, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, if you want a comfortable, nice, Huddle Up Pod hat or a trucker hat like Chad's wearing. Building the Bronco shirt even like Chad's wearing. Go to HuddleUpPod.com right now. That's your merch 10. Get yourself some swag if you so choose. Also, Facebook.com. Go check this out. Slash mile Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. Calberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Five bucks a month, I promise you. It is muy caliente. Facebook.com slash mile huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest. A five-star review for a chance to win could be a hat, could be a shirt, could be even a beanie each and every month. We're giving that away. And if, if you can't do any of those things, we totally get it. Just subscribe, like, and share this video. And every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans. Just like you shout out to these
0: great Facebook supporters. Here's how you finished tonight. Tim Hoffman on top, Jacob Foster, Joshua Mize, Andrew Baker, Tabitha Balash, Travis Weber, Balash, maybe uh, Marcus Lewis, Hannah, um walt benton david wilder jeremy peterson george fox joshua shadow congrats on your uh, two months big dog eric weber wyatt horny and uh ty why tunis 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 really cool name there also guys we'll give you an update on where things stand this does not count tonight this was going into tonight's stream the top five on face or on uh, super chat pardon me in the month of january the dwi guys Still number one, I can only assume. In fact, I know, I'm not a mathematician, but Ethan is going to maintain his number one ranking, uh, especially after today. Christopher Gaspari at two. The Duchess, Michaela Parker at three. And Nunzi is probably going to have climbed tonight too at four, followed by Vincent Pawlowski. Naj has climbed. He's at six now. Tony D.A. Dub at seven. You can see some of the names here, but shout out. We love each and every one of you that helps support what we do. Contributing to the conversation in the chat, throwing down super chats, throwing down stars, helping us keep the lights on. Love and appreciate each and every one of you, and we will see you tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, take care, guys, and as always, go Broncos.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.